inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. On Radio Western. Good morning. You are listening to 94.9 CHRW Radio Western and Outlook. This is Brian and Carrie is right beside me. Uh, well, yeah, I am right here. Oh, don't touch the mic. That's not very professional. <laughs> it's, talk. it's hard. It's I can't see it, and we're t- using the same one. Uh, yeah, I was just here uh, working on the board. Uh, it's Brian showing me some, some stuff to how to make the show work. And we are doing an hour show today. First hour show without a guest. So, yeah, we got a lot to talk about, and uh, we will take a break in the middle, and I can practice working this board. Yeah, so I was kind of trying to show her here in the studio. Um, for for me being being blind, I've done this for quite a while because I I took music industry arts at Fanshawe here in London. I've been doing my show for over two years, so I've had some practice. But I'm trying to give Carrie a bit of an idea, she didn't study audio engineering or anything. But it, this this board is still it's set up very well, and it's pretty easy to use once you know what you're doing. But it does take practice, as I noticed as, as well when I started doing this show. So she came over here at the beginning of the show here to kind of get an idea of what I was doing and um, to show her. What, what needs to be done to make sure the, the fader's up, the channel's on, and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else you want me to... Well, I do have a question here. Try so, not to touch the mic because it's not very... Uh, sorry. <laughs> so I, I don't think you can reach it, but I have a question here. So there's these buttons way on to the left. There's two of them that are up. Those are mics? Those two, let me see. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm counting over because the way this board is set up is... There is turntable one and two, CD player one, two, and three. So whoever was in here last oh, okay. as CD player and two and three up, they were probably using those. Right. So you can leave those up or you can turn them down. We're not using oh, them right okay. now. So Yeah, I didn't think those were the right ones. Like I knew from memory, I said, that's not seven over. That's Yeah, because that's how we do it. Be- being blind, um, some you could label the board with Braille or something. But for me, I just do it by memory. So I know the, what the first six channels are in the board. Um, the two turntables, the three CD players, and the tape deck. And then channel seven is mic two. So I count over seven channels, and um, I turn up the fader, and then you'd want to turn it on by pressing the on button, which is below the fader. Down here. I pressed it. The top out of the two. Oh, not that one? Yeah, that one. Okay. It's the top button out of two. And I turned I turned up the fader, not all the way, but somewhat. Some yeah, it'd probably be a bit bit higher. Um, it, it has to do with the with these faders. You don't want them up all the way, or else it could you could get clipping, which just means it it hits goes above zero, and uh, it goes into the red, and you would be getting a distorted signal. Um, and sometimes I don't I don't know which mic she's using because there are a couple other mics at least here. So sometimes I'll turn up both I'll turn on both mics and turn up both channels, and then I'll slightly adjust the fader to know okay that one is is the one she's on, and then I'll turn the other one off again after. Um, so let's see if you got the right one. You 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 turned up channel seven, which would be mic two. She's she's over there looking for her headphones. She went back to where she normally sits. Ah, now she's touching my head. Very professional. You can hear her mic noise there. Well, we'll get we'll get down to to business here in a second. 
not sure if I'm on mic, I'm on mic one or two. You are definitely not on the mic you turned up, so you must be on mic three. So I'm going to turn yours down, turn it off, press this one up, and turn it up. Talk now. So that would have been eight. There we are, yes. That would this have is been channel eight. Channel eight. So there's two microphones over here. Oops, touching the mic again. There's two microphones over here, one for me and then one for a guest. Yeah, so if we had a third person we in the room. We normally use, and uh, so I just... So that's, that's how I normally do it if I don't... Because not being able to see and not knowing always which mic you're using... I'll turn both seven and eight, both those channels on that have mics two and three in them. I'll turn them both up, and then when you start talking, I'll slightly adjust the fader, and if I hear your voice getting quieter, then I know that's the one that's that's working, and I'll shut the other one off afterward. And when you went over there, it was hard for me to tell because I could hear you making noise, but it was picking it up through the other mic because it's right near you as well, but it's not the one you're directly talking into, so. Yes. So I there you just... have it. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's like anything where it's something that when you understand something so well, and I've been using this, this board now for two and a half years here doing my music show and this show, that to hear, for me now, it's just common sense, like it's common knowledge, I know what I'm doing, but it's like anything when you're trying to explain, which is the same, it relates to the topic, or our show in general, where you're trying to explain to someone what it's like being blind, or you're trying to explain to someone what it's like using a board when you know exactly what you're doing, and they don't, and it's... <laughs> To you, it makes so much sense, but to them, they're kind of like, oh, okay, and it can be confusing. And I don't know how you've found it so far, Carrie. I've been showing Carrie a little bit after our show when there's been no one in on after us. For weeks now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, again, it's, it is. It's just counting and memorization and remembering what <clears throat> certain buttons feel like. Um, what I think would maybe make more sense, it's, I don't know, it's, it's tough to figure out the best way because... I was going to sit with her here by the board, but it seemed a little tight cluttery. There. Maybe in the future, I should just sit over there and I can just direct you, tell you what to do. Because <laughs> I already know which yeah. channel you'd need to press and what buttons you need yeah, to press. Yeah, and basically... And if I need to, I could always get up and walk over here like you just did. Yeah, if we, we had started. a silent, uh, like total... I think it would make more sense than me sitting in this main chair because then it just doesn't, doesn't give you the real perspective of... Yeah. And I mean... You could try it by just describing from over here, like, okay, Carrie, you know those buttons, and <laughs> give them the name that you that they have. Yeah, auxiliary I think it would be whatever. easy enough. I gotta memorize, make sure I know. Um, maybe we'll try that for the second half of the show, even. But um, yeah, yeah. So, main reason I'm teaching Carrie this, well, for one, it's just interesting for her to know. Plus, she might be doing a show on her own um, in the future, so it's just good good to know. Um, like anyone who does shows here knows, like, learns the board, right? So it's important for you to know as well. I think, I think so too. And you took the interest to to do it, so yeah. All right, well let's uh, let's move along to something else for a bit and give yes, people you... a break from all this technical discussion about faders and. You are listening to Outlook on ninety four nine CHRW FM. It's Radio Western here, and we're here on this Monday morning, sort of winding down January a little bit. Um, yeah, it's um, Braille Literacy Month still, which we've talked about uh, throughout the month. And we do have a special next week, a pre-record that we are doing. I'm, I'm actually heading off out west for a little a little while here, so I won't be around for the next few weeks. Um, but uh, we did do a nice pre-record show, wrap, which nicely wraps up Braille Literacy Month. So I'm not, sh- not sure if we're going to talk too much about that today. Yeah. But uh, just for everyone to remember that January is... Braille Literacy Month, and... And we're using, we're reading Braille right now. I'm about to read Braille right now. Of course. I got a quote for you. Oh, okay. I love quotes. 
Oh, except I just got a, a message from somebody. I didn't turn that off, that feature off. Yeah, I always make sure to have my phone on do not disturb when I'm here <laughs> so no messages or phone calls or anything can come through because that's already happened to me on the air. It's kind of distracting. I'm playing a song on my music show and then the, my phone rings over the air. And, and that's like, oh. a bit different because I'm not playing music off my phone so I'm using my phone in Braille display. Yeah, and so I just, no one would really know. I'm in the, I might be in the middle of reading something which i just about to start there. Yeah. So here we All go. Right, let's hear your quote. Life's most persistent and urgent question is, do you know what it is, bruh? Um, no. I'm putting him on the spot. It's too urgent for me. I can't. <laughs> what are you doing for others? Oh. So that nice. was by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So today is um, Mar Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And it's also Blue Monday, which... Oh, yeah. Blue Monday. <laughs> I see, I don't even keep track of these days like Carrie does, but since we've been doing this show, um, like I think I remember that from a year ago when you mentioned Blue uh, Monday and we talked about it. It's kind of silly for me to carry on the nonsense because it's not really... I think I read it this morning briefly about the man who came up with it in the first place. I mean, I think he did some research to, that told him that, you know, if you average it out and statistically or however that works um, with studies, that this is sort of mid-January and January itself is a bit of a difficult month for people. You know, all of that sort of jazz. Um, so I don't know where it actually comes from necessarily, but it, you know, G January can be a tough month. Uh, you're, that's why you're taking off going out West, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, January is almost over, but there's still, I guess there's still like 12 days. Yeah. So, so we are back next week with a episode we pre-recorded on in Brian's apartment with his equipment there. And, uh, it's uh, sort of rounding off Braille literacy month. Yeah, I had mentioned that already, that it's a, it's a nice little wrap-up for Braille Literacy Month, um, so you're, you're not going to want to miss that one. It's it's only a half hour. We're doing we're doing this now, so it's bi-weekly. So every other week, we'll be doing an hour show, um, which will work really well for our interviews, especially because it doesn't a half hour really isn't quite enough time to really get to know someone, I find. So having the full hour for those, and, and for us sometimes, like today, in the case of today, uh, there's always something to talk about. Um, relating to blindness as we are both blind and th that's how we live every day. So it's just like talking about <laughs> life, which, you, you know, well, you can always talk about. Generally, so. yeah. But um, that's why we're hosting this show because we live it every day. So we thought, we why, why not share it? And um, I've done a few things the last few weeks, but uh, I did just like that quote that I shared there because... Uh, I mean, that is kind of why we're doing this show, and that's why we're involved with Canadian Federation of the Blind. We're doing it for our own interests. I'm doing it for mine, but I'm also doing it for you, and I assume vice versa. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but we're also doing it for other people. Well, that's the big part about a lot of things. Well, this, this organization in particular, the Canadian Federation of the Blind, where... Everyone does does things for themselves in a way. Um, nothing is maybe necessarily totally um, selfless, but at the same time, with with the with the CFB, the whole concept is the organized blind. So it's it's really trying to change the life, the perceptions of blind people. And one one view or one thing that people can do is just be like, "Oh, um, things are working out for me," or "I'm dealing with my own things," but I'm not gonna get involved with other people I'm just gonna be one person for themselves and that's sort of a, a perspective that 
some people have in this in the world where it's like every man for themselves. Well, I don't want to say man because that's doesn't sound right, but every every human <laughs> for themselves to be politically on, correct. Get, get with it. Um, but at the same point, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a a good way to live at, at all because I think we are all in this together. Everyone in this on this planet, not even not in this country or whatever, but in this entire planet, we're all. We're all different, but we're all the same. Everybody thinks, you know, oh, well, let's just mess up this planet. We can always figure out a way to get to Mars or yeah. the moon. But let's focus on the fact that we're all basically on this floating ship in the in the universe. And, you know, we sink or swim together. So everybody looking at the differences. And, of course, there are differences when one person's eyes work and the others don't, obviously. But um, as an example, anyway. But uh, but what... what um, Martin Luther King Jr. did um, was fight for civil rights and I do believe there's a lot more work to be done for disability rights which are Yeah, because rights. we've talked about this on the show before where there's those lists that talk about, and again, it's, it has nothing to do with a hierarchy or any of these things are more important than anything else, but disability rights and equality for people with disabilities and stuff like that it just really isn't talked about enough It's it's <laughs> still... It's I don't I don't know really how to quite word it, but it's yeah, it's out there. But if you don't live with it, then it's it's, and I mean that's like any of this stuff in a lot of ways. You can't really know what someone's going through, and you can't really relate and stuff. And but at the same time, it's important to be aware of all of this, all of this different people and and disability equality shouldn't be ignored at all. It should it definitely needs more attention, I think, than than it gets. For sure. So, um, a few things I wanted to talk about that we didn't get to last time. Um, so, I'm, I'm probably going to get into Probus in the second half hour of the yeah, show. Yeah, I think we should save that for the second half hour. <laughs> um, so, what I've been up to this month so far, but uh, one of those things we'll get to is that I had a speaking engagement Wednesday Wednesday morning, which, was, which turned out really great. But also, um, I have been... Reading a poetry book that was just put out by an author. Her name is Alana Salt, S A L T Z, and um, it's published by uh, Blanket C Press, which is the press that she started. So she has a website called BlanketC.com, uh, which you can submit um, poems and you know little memoir pieces about living with chronic disease and disability. Uh, because she suffers from several disabilities herself. And again, you can debate whether you use that word suffer or not. If you are suffering from chronic pain, you might want to use the word suffering. But when it comes but I'm to... But su- I'm not suffering from blindness. No. And, you know, you don't suffer. You're not... Like the term wheelchair bound, people don't like. Because it's like, why are we treating this wheelchair like it's like it's a trap, like it's a terrible prison? It's, you know, it creates some challenges for people in wheelchairs, I'm sure. But... It's like our white cane in a way, you know, it gives us freedom. Without the wheelchair, many people couldn't move around at all by themselves. So, of course, it's looked at as a good thing and a positive thing to them, not so much to the world who looks on, in on it from, you know, a distance. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm reviewing her book at the moment, and I've never uh, reviewed a poetry book before. And I don't know why that's intimidating to me. <laughs> um... Uh, you know, I'm a writer, but I'm not so much a poetry writer, although I do like writing song lyrics, which are poetry, I pretty much would say, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So that's, you know, not, nothing new for me really, but um, her book is called The Certainty of Light, The Uncertainty of Light, sorry, which is kind of neat. Um, I'll probably talk about it more once I've finished it and written my review, but uh, The Uncertainty of Light, uh, you know, we have a lot of debates on this show when it comes to blindness for what light sort of represents, but... Um, Hey, can you give any little bit of an idea of what the book's about, or are you going to wait? I'm going to wait. I haven't really gotten into it. You uh, haven't? Okay. I'll probably do a full review here and in written form. Um, but I, it's basically her experience living with chronic illness. Right, which is something you deal with as well, with yeah, chronic pain. Chronic pain and stuff. So so that's kind of interesting. Um, so I'll talk about that more probably in February. Well, that sounds interesting. How did you... How did you come across this or how did you connect to review this book? So, um, I meet a lot of writers through Facebook. I find that to be a pretty good tool to connect with other writers, other people in the chronic illness and disability community. And this was several years ago now, I think back in 2015 when I stupidly spilled stuff on my laptop. Right around then, I'd, I'd been reading her website for a while. She was this writer and on the west coast of the U.S. Uh, I think she lived in L.A. at the time, but she's now in Seattle, I think. Um, so anyway, she... It, I reached out to her, or I left some comments on her blog or her website, which is how you sort of connect with people in the blogging world, and she she heard that I was a writer, and then she asked if I would do a guest post for her blog. So that was a while back, so I had to use... You know, I was struggling with the laptop issue, but I, I, I got my... my um, post in in time so it's actually on her site um which i don't know if she runs it anymore she's moved on to like starting this press blanket and this website blanket c which i think is a kind of interesting poetic name blanket c doesn't that sound Mm, sounds nice sound nice so yeah so so i've known her on online then since then and uh when i saw that she was putting out a poetry book i she, she was asking for reviews from people, so I offered. Uh, so I'm reading it on my laptop right now. And uh, and you're reading it with your Braille display? Um, well, I don't have the email open on my phone, and my Braille display is connected to my phone, not my laptop. So, But I, I should try and find, get it on my laptop, on my Braille display. Because I've never done that. I know Carrie said she's done that before, where she's read a book just by listening to the... The, the screen readers, the voiceover that we use that reads the screen or whatever's on our phone or computer to us. Whereas for me, it's a book for me it has to pretty much be in Braille. I mean, I have done audiobooks a little bit before, but a screen reader to me is, I don't know, it's, I use it, I use it in my daily work it's on mechanical. my computer, just doing um, like small things on the computer. But to actually read a full book like that seems like it would, it would be hard in a way, but it could still be done. I don't know. I just kind of find that interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, especially for reading a poetry book, because a poetry is a lot of how it's built, the structure of the poems and the, you know, the stanzas, as they're called, I guess. <laughs> I haven't studied poetry in a while. Yeah, and that, that ties back to our Braille Literacy Month and seeing, like, feel, feeling the Braille, I should, yeah. I should say, in front, of, like, in front of you, under your fingertips, where it shows the layout and with a poem, like Carrie said, with the stanzas and the, the way the lines are and stuff, it's there's something really tangible about having it in front of you to be able to, to, to feel it right there instead of on a computer where it breaks out up the line depending on where it is. Um, 
and I don't know. There's just there's there's quite a few differences. I I find. You can talk about doing a break. I'm coming over. All right, so I'm going to put on the music here, and we'll be taking a little break for some promos, and we will be right back. You are listening to Outlook here on 94.9 CHOW Radio Western. And we are back. Carrie is still over here at the board trying to turn her mic on and up. You are in channel 8. I don't think that sounds very fuzzy. Carrie doesn't, didn't count. Yeah, see, it, it, it definitely takes some practice. I remember when I started using the, the console here in the studio and it's it's an adjustment for sure, but um, yeah, you got it now. So Carrie is moseying on over to the other side of the room <laughs> to uh, get to her mic. This is fun. I told her to fade out the music there, but I don't think she heard me because she was already over at her mic, so then I had oh, to, I did it. Oh, shoot. No, I didn't fade out. Well, I kind of heard you, but I didn't know what you meant, and I, <laughs> I had other things in my head, so... <laughs> Very ah. confusing. Anyway... This is Outlook. What's your outlook today on this? Just any other January day, basically. <laughs> well, it is, ni- it is nice out there. It is we like beautiful. To- yeah, the seem- sun. We like talking about the weather on the show. We do. <laughs> we, we secretly want to be weather people. No, meteorologists. I don't, so. I don't know about Brian's that. Brian's actually going away from medio- meteorology school. No. That's why you're leaving. <laughs> no, yeah, we do like to talk about the weather for some reason. Uh, here in Canada, they got crazy snow in Newfoundland and it's pretty cold out there today but the sun makes it makes it lovely so so yeah you're back listening to uh, our show here with us Brian and Carrie and yeah I guess uh, we should give maybe give a little intro I'd, I didn't play I didn't want to play the full theme in the half hour with right. with us talking but um, yeah we are both we are both blind and the show is inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind <laughs> and and we are um, brother and sister. Yeah, and we are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western, as well as we have an email, Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. Yeah, so if you have any, if you're ever listening and you have any feedback or you know of any topics we should cover in the news or anybody you know we should talk to, including you, uh, email us. Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. And I think we have a Twitter too, do we? Yes. I can never remember. I don't keep track of the Twitter. I do. At Outlook CFB. At Outlook CFB. So, yeah, I know it's, it's it's a lot to remember, but hopefully Outlook on Radio Western is easy enough to remember. So just, just search that on Facebook and you'll find us there. Okay. So you talked briefly in the first half hour about a speaking engagement that you had um, this past week. Would you care to elaborate on that? 
Yeah, so I've done some public speaking in my past.、Uh, I used to speak at schools with my guide dog. I even went back to my old school that I went, went to growing up, East Oxford.、Um, I haven't had a guide dog in over 10 years now.、Um, but I do, again, believe that we should be talking about Braille everywhere, in libraries, in schools, on this radio station, everywhere.、Um, and so, yeah, so I haven't done it in a while. It was a little rusty. I remember the last time I did it. I, I did my grandparents' eulogies, which is well, not so in, fun. in a weird way, it is different on radio because、yeah. there's no people here, in, like physically in this room.、Yeah. But in a way, it is the same thing because you are speaking to like, who am I talking to you, right now? Well, it, I guess it is different when you're in a room with people. Maybe you probably might feel more nervous in a way. I find, that's why I actually really like radio because I, I do feel like it's such a chill spot here being able to be in the studio by myself or, or with、uh, my sister here. And to, to be still be able to, to speak. But I don't know, I guess in, an audi- in front of an audience, you probably found it different than speaking on air. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you have to speak to your audience. So it depends on, depends on who you're speaking with. So,、um, and that's just it with our radio show. We don't really know who、yeah. we're speaking with. People that's the thing. That's in the community, thing. people in their cars, anyone who might be flipping through the radio. Who knows? Whereas when you're speaking, public speaking like you did, you know、yeah. who's there in the, in the, in the room. So, I was asked by my neighbor, and she moved in in 2017. And she's in her 70s, but、um, we've developed a friendship.、Uh, you know, she's been supportive of my writing. And、um, so, she asked me last summer, I guess it was, if I wanted to be one of the guest speakers at a, I guess, a club or an organization you call it that she's a part of. It's called Probus, which I don't think I'd heard of before. You? I had not. So it's P R O B U S, which, which stands for professional business. And it can be men, a men's group or a women's group, or some of them are co ed. But my neighbor's is just women. So、um, every and, month they have a guest speaker. And where did, this, where did this take place? So it took place right by my house at、um, this place called the Southgate Center, which is a, is a senior's community hub kind of. You know, they can go there, there's like a cafeteria t- style place, they can get cheap lunch. They can meet up with friends. They can have meetings of different sorts. There's a, apparently, there's a shop. So, when I walked in there the other day, I was hearing sawing and I could smell, you know, two by fours or I don't know. She's like, oh, yeah, they make everything here. And that's,、so. in, that's in London? No, so that's by my house in Woodstock. Okay, just, just specify South, for the listeners. Southgate Center, yeah. I don't know if there's a place that's sort of similar like that to that here in London, but. But, um,. Yeah, so to give a bit more background on Probus, because I hadn't heard of it either,、um, on their website they say, We are a volunteer based, non profit, non political, non sectarian、wow. fellowship organization with over 4,000 clubs worldwide, 255 being Canadian clubs made up of over 380,000. No, 38,000 members. Our clubs are all about encouraging healthy minds and bodies and socializing with other retirees in the community. In Probus, you'll find a wealth of new experiences and a much expanded social network. The opportunities abound in each club with awesome guest speakers, a broad range of Interesting activities and social events,、um, stimulating 
conversation and the chance to explore your community, Canada, and the world with new friends. So isn't that nice? So they so they really say awesome guest speakers. So I was I was lucky to be one of yeah, them. Yeah, you're pretty awesome. <laughs> yes, I rock. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So it was a morning meeting they have once a month, and I was told there might not be as many people there in the month of January because a lot of you know older people do go south at this time of year. Um. But I wanted to make some handouts to give out to everybody. So yeah, you mentioned that to me. I thought that was, yeah. that's a great idea because you go to these pu- the public speaking and you hear someone speak. But then to be able to remember or have something to take away from it, it's mm-hmm. it's nice that you that you prepared that. So what was that? What sort of handouts did you put together? So we were trying to print them all on mo- our mom's computer, uh, hoping that we wouldn't have to take them anywhere to be printed and pay that that fee. But we w- so I still made about ninety, I think. Um, which they said there could be about 90 people there but usually in January it's less than 90 and how did you how did you make those handouts you can't you can't see you yeah so that's difficult to do I mean maybe there's a way I wanted to put a few pictures of me on my adventures so uh, we did have my mom I did have my mom sort of um, design the the sheet so on the top there was a picture of me um, on the CN Tower I did the edge walk back in 2017 no, 2014. Um, I walked a, a rope bridge in Ire- Northern Ireland. I can never say the name. Carrick Reed Rope Bridge. And uh, also of me on Hopewell Rocks in um, New Brunswick, the Bay of Fundy there. That was in 2018 I did that. So it's just because part of my talk was about travel. So I wanted to show them some pictures of me on my travels. And then below it was a, a little piece of my writing. So they got a sort of an idea of me as a writer. And then at the bottom was my blog and the address, and I brailed on the bottom of each sheet. I brailed the tagline for my blog. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask that. Like, um, obviously, this this handout isn't accessible for someone who's blind. I guess you probably knew there weren't gonna be blind people at this event. Well, um, I mean, I couldn't be certain that there were no blind people who read braille. Um, mostly, I figured I would encounter seniors who are starting to lose some vision. Because that's a common time of the of someone's life where they do lose some sight. But I, I didn't really, I didn't really bank on anybody there being able to read Braille, which might have been silly of me. Could've well, I'm just someone. I'm just thinking about it from a perspective of if this was an event specific for blind yeah. people, or you knew there were going to be a lot of blind people there, you would have wanted. I would have tagged the photos with a description, and then I would have wanted to Braille out my whole piece of writing, which takes up some more space the braille does take that's up that's the thing more space. about it about a handout mm-hmm. where you can fit a lot of a lot of print onto a page sometimes in the way you design it and the have the size of it and stuff whereas braille only has one size yeah so it does take up a bit more space and isn't quite as good i remember that from school back in i think even elementary school we had to do a pamphlet or something for one of our assignments and i was like well how do i do this like it, it is different when when you don't have the visual as- aspect because some of that stuff is visual so yeah, I mean, but it is really it is really cool that you did include some braille on there at least because you're talking about it. So to actually to give them just a straight up print handout with no braille on it, um, I think would be a little silly. So it's cool that you said you incorporated some braille. Yeah, um, I did. I just put the tagline for my blog um, at the bottom. Which so that we had to do by ourselves. And I don't have a braille printer working at the moment. I haven't had one in years. Yeah, we used to have those back in the day, and that's at 
school in in grade seven and eight before before these braille displays and right. and technology where most stuff is just email now and computer files. But back then, we would often print stuff out in braille and. Braille printers are quite the quite the machines. Yeah, they always thought this reminded, reminded me of popcorn, which I actually thought was a better sound than those old printers. You know those screechy ones. Yeah, I don't I know. know if they still any someone any of them still make a noise like that. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean though. Those old printers making that. <laughs> like we used to have one in our basement with yeah. our old computer in the nineties, and it's it really was just sharp, sort of ugh. grinding sound. Um, but yeah, no, this one we had to braille out so. We took shifts. My mom did, our mom did some, I did some. So it got her back into Braille because she knows Braille. She learned it back in the day. Uh, but, you know, if you don't use it, you got to refresh it. But I think once it's in your, your, your past, like it is hers, it sort of just comes back once you start. And it was basically writing the same thing 90 times. So she could look at her, you know, what she'd just done, a sheet she set beside her on the table to know what to do next. Uh, but you still make a make mistake or two, but we were kind of like, oh, no one will notice. But I don't think we made many. Um, so that was my handout for the event. Yeah. So, yeah. So I was basically told by my neighbor, speak slowly. I don't know on this show if I, if, if sometimes if we get more excited, we tend to talk faster. Well, there's a, family there's a bit of a... A bit of a balance with that. I noticed there are some people that that talk too slow, yeah. and um, well, that was my fear. It's like I was so paranoid now that I was because she basically said that there are people in this audience who need hearing aids. Who can't right, and hear that's a, well. that's that's a, again looking at your audience too. Mm-hmm. Where we're doing this radio show, it's this is for everyone, but it is on the radio, so I don't like our pace to be too slow, or else it seems like yeah. y- we want things to move along a bit with radio. Whereas when it's a speaking event for that. For like this with with seniors and stuff like you say who have hearing aids and are hard of hearing, it is it does make sense to to speak loudly and slowly. I mean, any, any public speaking is important to speak loudly and well. I had a microphone, clear, so I wasn't okay as worried about that, that. But yeah, I could mumble if I'm not careful. Yeah. But anyway, she said she could basically look around and see if people started fidgeting in the first few minutes. That means that she's like, if you lose them, you won't get them back. They won't pay attention. They'll just start picking their nails or whatever. <laughs> anyway, she could see, and we had this code word. She's like, I'll say Dobby if you need to slow down. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so my dog, Dobby, we picked that as our code word. That's cool. Would have been kind of weird for her to shout that. Yeah, she I was, I was just imagining She wouldn't have had to shout. It was a nice sized room, but not like yeah, huge. She could have just said it. You would have heard. <laughs> but anyway, um, so there, I didn't. But you didn't I have did to it. use the code word? No, she said it was good. It was perfect. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they tr- they were very nice. They welcomed me. I got to sit at the head table with the organizer lady, and we had coffee, and she s- she hunted down the last white chocolate macadamia nut cookie for me. <laughs> I always have cookie issues. I did it when I went to New York to Women's Travel Fest last year. I was with my friend and travel agent, um, and Anita. She's a travel agent, but she's also my friend. She um, At lunch, she was hunting me down, I think, black and white cookies, because I'd never had them before, but I heard about them. I think it's more of an American thing. Hmm, but anyway, sure. the one lady behind us in line helped us find them. And <laughs> it was just the whole thing. Anyway. All right, so let's let's maybe get into, with our last just over 10 minutes here, get into kind of what you actually, what yeah. this uh, I was, was for gonna, and what you spoke about. I thought I could just read the whole speech, but I don't have it on me anyways. Oh, you don't. Okay. <laughs> no. So what was, what was the overall concept? Why did why did your neighbor ask you to speak at this event? So they just like different, very varied guests from, you know, different backgrounds and different stories to tell. And 
And it's nice to have a different generational generations come to speak. You know, I think it's good that we com- com- communicate with the older generations because, I mean, right now there's this battle that goes on on certain places about how we can't understand what the seniors are doing, going through, but they aren't understanding what it's like for us, the millennials, I guess. And so I think it's good to bridge that gap. Um, but I wanted to speak about, so they wanted to hear about my blindness, obviously, and it's a good opportunity to educate a bunch of people who may not have had any encounters with blind people in their lives. They may have, but they may have just seen blind people out and about. And, you know, sometimes you, um, you still don't understand it until you're up close enough. So I wanted to give them an idea of what my life is like, but I didn't want to become, as I call it, inspiration porn. I didn't use that term there because I figured, yeah, maybe with this audience, I won't say that. I don't know. It just feels awkward. I'd still never heard of that term, but I know that. You know, I'm not making it up though, right? No, I know. I know. (laughs) Okay, good. I wouldn't make that up. Um, But I didn't want to be this blind person up on this pedestal that they listened to and thought, wow, that that girl's amazing because that's not really the point. Um, So I told my life story. I focused on two themes, fear and travel. So one of them I love. The other one is just a part of my life. I've just accepted it. There's ways to deal with that. So you, did you did you touch on it all, kind of like what we are with the, with the CFB about, again, I, did, I know you didn't want this to be uh, a lecture or something. You want it to be very, I don't know. Yeah, I don't well, know exactly what you're going for, but yeah. was, was there any discussion at all about, we just, we talk about being accepted in the world as blind people and how people look at us and especially it ties a little bit into a generational thing where in an older generation, we didn't have this technology like we do today and we didn't have a lot of this stuff. So blind people do have, it seems in my opinion, more, more of a chance with and more luck with things now than they maybe ever have just because of what's out there. And I don't know if older generations would necessarily understand that. So was there any, was there anything like that where you either talked about that or people sort of questions like, Oh, how, how is it possible that you can do this (laughs) and that? Or, I don't know. I was kind of curious if any of that came up at all or if you felt anything like that. So I basically went up to the podium with uh, two sheets of Braille notes, so Braille paper. Now, did you walk up there on your on your own or did someone guide you up there? So I went with my neighbor to sort of learn the, the learn the room a couple weeks ago. Yeah, back. you said you went there beforehand, which yeah. is a good idea just to get a feel for the room. But we when you, we when went you in go a there and different door there. this time. Right, <laughs> and that's just it. Even if you do that in advance, it's, it's it helps, yeah. but... On the day of when you go in, if you go in a different door and then there's people there that time and it's full and it, it does change the, the yeah. vibe. You can't just trust on memory and these sort of things. You have to know, you have to have the skills in the moment to be able to root yourself to where you are and listen to know what's, you know, what's where. So anyway, no, the head table that I sat at was right beside the podium, basically. And the podium was, I don't know if it was on or right beside a, a mat on the floor, a rug, a carpet. I don't know. Um, so that's sort of a landmark I use. So basically before we started the um, morning's events, we were sitting around and everybody was coming in and chatting. So I wanted to go up to settle my notes or something. I forget what it was. And I knew the lady had stepped away and I was just drinking my water to make sure I had enough water hydrated so I wouldn't, you know, have to clear my throat 20 times like I do here sometimes. But anyway, I thought, oh, I'm going to go up to the podium and I'm not going to wait for her to come back. I'm going to get up and walk to it. And I wondered as I stood up if my neighbor was sitting at her table, if she was would see me doing this, because I wondered if I would get any, oh, where are you going? Are you all right? Yeah, it's just, right? 
like some sort of reaction right. thinking I couldn't where was I going the fact that I'm standing up in a place that they think I don't know they wonder if I know what I'm doing or you know so I thought I wondered if I can see if I can get to the podium and back without anybody saying anything which wouldn't have been a big deal but and I did so I pretty much yeah I knew where it was and there was another guest speaker before me so I sort of listened and so then when you walked up for your speaking you did that on your own as well mm-hmm but it was basically right there. Right, it's right. I know it's not like you're walking through a whole room. No, I wasn't having to walk something. from the back. Because um, again, that is one of those things, and that's like when I when I graduated um, college. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Someone did. There was there was a uh, a lady there that in advance we mentioned that I was I was blind, and someone did help me walk across the stage just to kind of guide me. Um, and it's it's one of those things where sure maybe I could have done it on my own, but. When it's, when it's something like that and you want it to be all run smoothly and you don't want any attention to be brought to you or anything <laughs> in, a, in a weird way, if you tried but, it on your own. And come you, on, Brian, you're holding us all up. Yeah, if you're going slow or you went the wrong way. So it's it's it just depends. But um, So yeah, I was just curious about that. Did you go to your high school graduation ceremony? I did not, actually. Yeah. Okay, so you didn't have to worry about that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was good. It was easy to find. So that was nice. So yeah, so I, I talked about fear and I talked about travel sort of to go with my photos on my handout. And I also brought copies of The Blind Canadian, the magazine that I am assistant editor on, uh, which I think is the best publication in Canada if you want to learn about the lives of blind people and how we are doing all we're doing. Yeah, look up, look it up, The Blind Canadian. It's on the cfb.ca, the Canadian Federation of the Blind website, as well as there are hard copies. I'm not sure how you... You would, you would just email if you want some. I could get you some. If you're going to an event that you think might be... Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com. Yeah, we could arrange a pickup. Or message us on Facebook or Twitter. Um, so, yeah, and also my mom, our mom did sneak in. She wasn't there for the whole morning's events, but she did sneak in to hear me speak. So she was in the audience, which was nice, because I talk about her and, and our dad in the in the speech. Um, but I also sort of address fear, so... Yeah, what about fear did you I just sort of asked at the beginning, what are you afraid of, audience? But I didn't like wait for them to answer, but I said like spiders, heights, darkness, you know, the dark. Those are three common fears. Um, And obviously the the fear of the dark ties into the blindness issue. Going blind? Yeah. The fear of going, losing your sight? Yep. Um, and I mean, when you're a senior, I'm sure you have lots of fears about, you know, losing your independence and... Yeah, and again, we've talked about this obviously before, but... Being older, if and starting to lose your sight, is totally different than than my sister who Carrie who who lost it a bit later. Where yeah, it, she used to have more and then lost a bit compared to me who always has been this way. So it, it is definitely a different a difference for someone in in that audience. But I basically um, I started out talking about the fear that our parents would have felt when we were. When I, when I was born, first of all, I'm three years older than Brian here. Um, and it's something that I don't think they can really revisit. Like, I'd like to know more about what that was like, but I Yeah, really it's hard, I think, to... I don't know if they know how to... It's probably not easy to... That was that was so long ago now. That was, well, I guess we're getting older. It was over 30 years ago, and it's I guess it is hard now that after you've seen us... You've saw us grow up and everything that to, to really relate back to that time yeah. but in the t- in the moment it would have been it must have been a little bit well you just you wonder worrisome. what what their future is going to be like and I'm sure she didn't know that 35 years later I'd be on the radio like this but yeah. <laughs> you can't predict these things but um so it was ni- ni- nice having her in the audience um, and I'm sure a lot of them could relate to the parent angle right 
what if you know they were a parent in that situation what would they do um but anyway then i sort of talked about my the fears i felt you know like brian said losing some sight later in life here from the sight i used to have and i was able to see colors and loved drawing pictures and i would have liked to find an old piece of my art that i could have put on the handout just to show them yeah, what i used cool. to do yeah like I, I mean, I'm not saying I was a super great artist, but I think well, don't under undersell. Yeah, yourself. I mean, I think I did. Like I used to. So I had my favorite books, the Mister and Mrs. books by Roger Hargreaves. Um, they were nice, bright colored picture books with interesting little stories. I used to. So they on the cover of each book, they would have the picture of the Mister Silly or Mister Messy or you know Little Miss Bossy, and then they would have a picture, and uh, they were always bright colors and nicely dark lines with the. And so I used to. Um, copy those pictures off the covers and try and draw them myself. So I have a whole book somewhere of those drawings that I made of all these book covers. Um, so something like that. But anyway, so I talk about my fear, but then it links to travel because I talk about my fear of traveling. Um, but when I tell them that I've been to Mexico by myself, I think there was probably a <gasps> in the audience. Mm -hmm. That's the big one. Yeah, to get that's everyone. the big one. Um get everyone's attention. <laughs> yeah, that gets your attention. Uh, so, and funny, funnily enough, none of the pictures I put on the handout were me in Mexico, but that's okay. I had to choose. Oh, maybe they don't believe you. <laughs> they don't believe me. <laughs> uh, I should have played my honest, tape of the mariachi honest. band. Would that convince them? Perhaps. I have a recording of, I got a mariachi band to perform for me in a in the town square, which is called the Jardin um, in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. And I don't know how much I've talked about that trip on the show, but uh, I like to bring it up when it suits. Um, but anyway, so I, I talked about that trip, and I gave them a scenario of once when I was in an, I was in the airport trying to con connect flights from Texas to Mexico, and I had a layover there, and or I don't know if you call it a layover, I, a delay, I guess. But I was sitting at the gate. Uh, an attendant had got me to my gate, so I was sitting there. And I had my white cane and all my luggage, and all of a sudden I noticed it was really quiet around me, and that didn't sound right. So I got up and went to the desk and asked, and they said, yeah, yeah, your, this gate's not, your gate is moved. And if I just sat there, you know, feeling helpless and afraid to sort of stand up and, and go for it myself, I don't know if anybody would have noticed me over here and done anything about that, so. And that's just it. It's it, that's That's the fear right there where... A lot of a lot of people and bl or blind people might be afraid to to get up, and sometimes because someone tells you this is right, you just trust p things. But at the end of the day, you are your own person, and you still have to take responsibility for yourself. So, even though it might be scary, the more you do it, the more you get used to it. It's just getting up, and maybe someone showed you where the desk is. If they didn't, you can just ask someone, yeah, a, just a, strange, speak a stranger, up. or someone, yes, yeah, just say, "Excuse me." You know, it never hurts to say that. Excuse me, if you're. And I, I do that a lot if I get turned around, sometimes coming up to the station even, I'll, I'll just ask someone, excuse me, I'm looking for the, the UCC. So uh, we, got, we got about a minute or two left here. <laughs> I don't know if you want to quick sum up overall how it went or any, if there are any questions that people asked or just, just yeah, a quick um, summary of Basically, that. they were interested in my Braille display, which I have here around my neck right now, and that's what I had at the podium. Yeah, that's another thing that most people are interested if they've never seen technology, one before. Technology, you know, how far it's come, right? W when you see it. I think we've posted pictures of our Braille displays before on our Outlook Facebook page, maybe? Because um, it is something yeah. that is is good to see. We're using them here in the studio, but... Yeah. Um, um, anyway, finish it, up. It impresses the seniors in the group to see me, so I held that up, and they and I got another, <gasps> oh, from that. 
Um, basically, they asked, you know, about the CFB, how long we've been um, going and how many people there are, which, you know, we are still small. We're trying to grow this movement of blind people, take, you know, speaking for ourselves. Um, and they just asked about, That's they wanted cool. to I know the basic that. things, like how do I put on makeup or, or get dressed in the morning, which if the world doesn't think you can even get dressed because you can't see, then how could you do anything else? But that's why I was there to, to explain to them. And I just wanted them to know that there are lots of blind people doing all these things that I'm doing. I'm not, you know. Yeah, you don't. Well, yeah, you don't want to. I'm special, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm you don't, don't want to make it seem being, like but, you're the very, like a small few of blind people no, who do this. And I'm most not the minority don't. here. There are so many people in the world and there is a, even though it's small, there is a portion of the population that is blind. So like any any population, there's people at different levels and at diff- have different abilities. And um, so, yeah, there are. There are a lot of them who are afraid. I get afraid every day at least once. So that's why I just wanted to talk about that. So All right. we can do an hour every other week. Yeah, I guess we can. <laughs> we can do that. We just did. We just did. And I... Still don't know how to use the board, really, but uh, I know it's, maybe I'll come back and do a show on my own while you're gone. We'll see. All right. Well, Good. if you stay tuned, and uh, we'll be back next week with a pre-record, wrapping up Braille Literacy Month, and then maybe carry on our own after that, and a repeat, and then we will be back in the studio together in February. In February. Have All right. On Twitter at Outlook CFB and on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.